Thanks for joining Cornerstone for our message of the week. We hope you'll be inspired and encouraged. To connect with our church family and to watch our services live, download our app today by texting Sparks Will Fly as one word, app to 77977. That's Sparks Will Fly app to 77977, or by visiting us online at sparkswillfly.cc. If you will, let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 3. I'm going to have to remember how to stand up and preach. Just being able to sit in the chair and get some help from other people sitting around. So I'm going to have to have your help this morning. Amen. First Samuel chapter 3. I just got something I really just want to share. Some stories. Um, we'll just see how this goes. But this is where I felt like I was to land this morning. How many has been keeping up with the, with the messages we put online? We have fought the internet here like, I mean, unbelievable. I've had Brother John Brown even suplexed him one Sunday in him. But uh, <laughs> we are awaiting for a fiber optic cable to be buried to the building. We've changed out the complete network inside. And so hopefully we will have it where we can get. They can't even explain why it doesn't work. So, But hopefully we're going to be able to be able to live stream the services better throughout the time being we'll keep doing that on Wednesday night and um, but we just felt like it was time to get back in the house of God you with me I mean there's a lot of ways I can go there but I really believe that there's something to try to silence the voice of the pulpit in this nation and I do believe this that however which way the pulpit goes there goes the nation come on y'all So, I'm glad to be back in the pulpit. Glad to be back in this house. Enjoyed the corporate worship. How many are thankful for the worship team we have in this house? My God. So thankful. So thankful, Lord. believe it's Psalms 122 where David said I was glad when they said unto me let us go into the house of the Lord Father let us never take for granted your presence Lord you do dwell in the praises of your people God I pray this morning you would open up our ears to hear you would open up our hearts to receive. And Father, even though it may sound cliche and tongue-in-cheek that there is more, but yet I know deep within my heart there is so much more we've yet to experience in you. As you looked at your disciples and said, there's many things that I want to tell you. There's many things I want to share with you, but you're not at the place to receive them yet. So, Father, I pray that you would help us grow and walk in maturity, where we can learn how to hear the deep things of you. That we could walk in Psalms 42, where the deep part of us would begin to cry out to the deep part of you. Father, there's so much that you want to do in this region. There's so much you want to do with our nation. There's so much you want to do on the earth. 
Father, we've got to awaken the church. Half the church is waiting on the rapture, and you're waiting to invade the earth, Father. Father, we know that heaven is our destination, but it's not our assignment. Our assignment is to bring the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. So, Father, I pray that you would raise up, Lord, as we moving into Pentecost Sunday, and Acts 1-8 says you shall receive power after that which the Holy Ghost has come upon you. For so long we've settled for tongues. For so long we've settled for prophecy. And we've not moved into the power that you promised, God. So, Father, this morning I'm asking that you would endue the church in this region with power. Father, that we'll be able to look at cancer and say, Be thou removed, and it will come out, Father. That we'll be able to look like Mark chapter 11 says, be, Speak unto the mountain, be thou removed, Father. You said if we have faith, that's the God kind of faith. God's faith in us, God. So I pray this morning that we would see, God, just a new expression of what corporate worship looks like. Father, it sure doesn't look like just gathering together and hugging necks. To me, what a corporate gathering looks like is Acts chapter 2. When there was a sound from heaven that filled that house and cloven tongues like as a fire set upon each of them. I pray this morning, God, this is my heart, God. This is my prayer, Father, that you would baptize us in fire. The things that we're trying to get rid of by our own strength and our own flesh we'll never defeat it God. You told Zechariah it's not by might nor by power but it is by your spirit saith God. Get us out of the arm of the flesh and let us rest in the and let us rest in the power of your spirit God. Those that wait upon the Lord Isaiah 40 verse 31 you shall renew their strength they shall mount up with wings as eagles God. This is why you told them in Luke 1249, go ye tarry into Jerusalem until you be endued with power. Let us learn how to set at your feet, Jesus, until the fresh baptism of the Most High God comes upon the church in this region. Never let us settle, God, for the loaves of religion. I would rather live off of the crumbs of the kingdom than ever sit down and dine at the loaves of religion. So, Father, we pray. We pray. Oh, God, we pray. Oh, God, we need a fresh touch. We need a fresh touch. Raise your hands. Come on, somebody. God's in this place. Come on, Allie Mag. Begin to... Come on, raise your hands. Come on, raise her. Father, where's the Phoenix of today? Where's the Phoenix of today? Where are the Wesleys that said, I set myself on fire and people have come to watch me burn? Where's that at, Father? just want to read you something and share some stories. I believe the Lord's going to do something in this house this morning over us. First Samuel chapter 3. I just want to read a couple of scriptures. It says, Now the boy ministered. Now the boy Samuel ministered. I'm reading out of the New King James Version. To the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days there was no 
widespread, widespread revelation. And it came to pass at that time while Eli was lying down in his place. I believe the King James renders that as Eli was lying down in his usual place. And when his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see, and before the Lamb of God, and before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord where the ark was, where the ark of God was. And while Samuel was lying down to that, notice where Eli the, the priest was laying and where Samuel was laying. Uh, Eli was in his usual place. But Samuel was laying down next to the ark. And the Lord called to Samuel and he answered, Here am I. The lamp of God was flickering low and just about to go out. But it, did, but it didn't disturb Eli at the condition that tabernacle was in. I just want to talk to you this morning just from this. What's amazing to me, and I'm in all of this, but I, like you, I've had a lot of time to sit down and reflect on the condition of the church. My call is to the church. I'm not, I don't walk in the call of an evangelist. I don't really go burn to go hand out tracts. But when I was 18 years old, I received a, a vision from God and heard His voice speak to me while I had a red pocket New Testament in my hand reading the story of the ten virgins. And God said, go tell the church to get on fire. How many know before we're ever going to see reformation in this land, we've got to see reformation come to the church? Before we're ever going to see reformation come to the church, we've got to see reformation come to the leadership of the church and so here we find in this text that Eli his eyes is grown dim other words he was living in a perpetual state of semi-darkness and it's amazing how the church can get satisfied living in a perpetual state of semi-darkness where is the God that we read about church I'm asking you this morning in the book of Acts where they stretched out their hands to heal the sick where is that God that was at Cornelius' house where Peter began to testify the goodness of Jesus and the grace of God and the Bible says that the power of God fell on them. Where is the God that Philip walked with in Samaria where Simon the sorcerer was there who said that he stunned the world with his magic and his musician and, and his uh, sorcery. But the Bible said Philip preached Christ in that city and there was great joy in there. In other words, when that man of God stood up under the anointing, it drowned every false voice in that whole city. Where is that church? I believe God is looking for that group of people to stand up on the face of the earth and realize Hey, he died for us on the cross. He forgave us of our sin, but he didn't leave us like orphans, Pastor Chris. He sent the Spirit of God upon the church to endue us with power to be witnesses of him. So he's in this state, and his eyes are dim. He's living in a, a permanent state of semi-darkness. But young Samuel said, I hear something. And I believe there are leaders crying out saying, I hear something. I hear something so different. It looks different. It sounds different. It's gonna, you're going to have to have great faith to step out on it. But I'm telling you, I'm hearing something. How many are you hearing something in this building that looks different than what we've ever seen? I believe. So the journey to more starts with the dissatisfaction of the current state. Look at this out of Hebrews. Now for me, I want to go back because we came in last night. I had I'd been fishing for a couple of days and we had a few hours on the road to get back. And I was uh, 
Cleve was driving my truck and I was just telling him stories about how, because see, this is what I know. I don't know how to teach a lot of things, but man, I was raised. I, I, I was, I was, I got saved and I was in a Methodist church and when I found out about the Spirit of God man I'm telling you it wrecked my life so I don't know I'm telling you this if a man ever encounters God you don't have to worry about if he backslid where he'll backslide now if he encounters religion you better stay and prop him up but I'm telling you this if he ever encounters the living God friend there's something about God when you meet God when you when you press in and you really touch of God it burns you for the rest of your life I, I grew up on stories like T. Larry said when he had hands laid on him to preach the gospel he said a handprint was on his hand for seven days where God burned into his forehead the anointing to go preach the gospel man if the church has ever needed an hour where it needs unction to preach again it is now Leonard Ravenhead Leonard Ravenhead I can't hardly speak said with all thy getting get unction we need unction in the pulpit we need passion in the leadership in the church again to put our bootstraps on and say we cannot settle here so when I found out about the Holy Ghost the coolest thing to me was that I could speak in tongues in my bedroom I've encountered people that believes this presence only dwells in this time how many knows this presence dwells with you in the vehicle this presence dwells with you in the privacy of your own home and so, when I was 18, I felt like the Lord called me to preach. I said, which I can't hold a candle to him now. But I said, God, if, if I was going to preach, my hero was Pastor Parsley. I just loved the way he grabbed the pulpit with authority. And he preached with power. And there was a crusade that he was going to be doing at the Batwell Auditorium in Birmingham, Alabama. I was 18 years old and I remember I had a brand new Chevrolet truck. But I'd never driven it outside of Alma and Waycross. <laughs> so you got to get on the interstate if you're going to go to Birmingham. So we got a couple of friends and I allowed them to drive my truck. And we went up there. And on the, in our church, we were taught this. That even though we had the Holy Ghost that you couldn't dance or you couldn't speak in tongues unless the Spirit of God come on you, grabbed you, and forced you into a dance or forced you to speak in tongues. Anybody else ever been taught that? Am I the only Okay. So at this point, I knew that God had to come and enable us. I didn't believe that we could start it by faith. And we were all about this. Nobody wants to be in the flesh. How many knows you're going to be in the flesh till Jesus comes? Sometimes you got to start out in your flesh to activate your faith. Are you with me? The Bible says in 2 Samuel 6, 14 that David danced before the Lord with all his might. He didn't have the Holy Ghost. He was dancing before God with all of his might. And what I've noticed sometimes like with Catherine, like we just can't get breakthrough or something like that or those that are gifted to dance, if they'll just begin to move around the room, all of a sudden it'll begin to break things in the atmosphere. It's not that they feel it. Come on, somebody. They're just trying to activate something by faith. So we go up there to the the Batwell Auditorium and Pastor Parsley, he's preaching. He preached the first night and he preached the second night. 
Now we had had, I told Cleve, this is how old this is. How many remember when we had the CD changers in our vehicles? You have a 10, man, you was bad if you had a 10-disc changer, and I had a 10-disc changer. You know what I'm saying? The whole 10 CDs, you could go through them, you know what I'm saying? And so I remember getting a CD, and it's on YouTube, and we played it yesterday. But there was a song on there that's the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord's on there, and then there's Bow Down, Bow Down Before the Lord. Worship Him, oh, worship Him. And I remember that night being in that room. And he asked people, he said, how many wants to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Now, we had done talk to two guys that was to the left of us, and they were, they were in the Baptist church. And I'm not knocking, I've been in all of them, but how many knows there? But the Baptist church is not going to preach on the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the manifestation in tongues and prophecy. You're just not going to hear that message preached in a lot of Baptist churches. But these two guys were hungry. Listen, the more of God always leads with a divine discontent from where you're at right now. If you're full, you got as much as God as you're going to get, friend. Come on, somebody. But to the hungry, listen, that Proverbs 27, 17, he that is full loathes the honeycomb. But to the hungry, every bitter thing is sweet. And I was hungry, friend. I knew God was bigger than what was happening in my Methodist church. And I knew God was bigger than the new church I just found. Come on, somebody. And I got news for you today. God is way bigger than what we have experienced and what we are experiencing here at Cornerstone. There is more to him. Come on, friend. So we go to this, we go in there, and I remember at the end, he said, how many people want, he preached on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And he said, if you want to receive him, he said, raise your hands. And he said, when I count to three, I want you to praise him in English. And he said, when I count to three again, I want you to praise him in tongues. It shook me. Hold on just a minute. You just said we're going to praise him in English. Hallelujah. You know what I'm saying? And then when you count to three, you want me to just speak in tongues? It blew my theology. How many knows this? That God doesn't mind offending your theology. The book doesn't contain him. It reveals him. John 5, 39, you search the scriptures for in them you think you might have life, but you would not come to me that you might have life. Come on, somebody. God's bigger than the book, friend. Come on, somebody. And if you one of those Christians that's got to have every jot and T and I cross, every T crossed and every I dotted, I'm telling you, you're going to miss it because God always sends the new move in an offensive package. He showed up, man. Come on, somebody, with Rodney Howard Brown that made the church laugh. The reason why the church hated the church laughing is because we love depression. Come on, somebody. And we was dis, we was fine as long as we were depressed and didn't like each other. But when people started laughing, folks said that can't be God. Luke 24, on the way to the mess, God appears to them. The new King James says he comes to them in another form. God always shows up in a form we don't like. Y'all with me? Y'all not watch it, are you? I'm finally remembering how to do this. So the worship team begins to praise God in there I'm I'm 19 years old and the power of God hit that place and I'm telling you thousands were instantly filled with the power of God I watched the two Baptist boys that were to my left they hit the ground 
praying in tongues. God wrecked in a moment everything they had believed about their theology. Come on, somebody. I long for the day that we leave the house of God and we're perplexed and we can't even explain what happened. Friend, if you can explain your relationship with God, I question whom you serve. Come on, somebody. There's a lot of mystery I don't understand. I just got to keep it real simple. I know that he's good. Come on, somebody. That he loves me no matter what I face and he is always for me. And if he could be for me, then who in the world could ever be against me? I keep it like that, but there's a lot I don't understand. There's a lot I can't explain. I just know that I love him and he loves me. So Pastor Parsley said this. He said if you can't start it, if you can stop it, you can start it. When he gave me that revelation that I can pray in tongues, it changed my life. We go back This is three young guys. I'm 19. Jeffrey's probably 20. Kevin's about 24. He was our youth pastor. And Jeffrey said in my truck to drive it, I'd never been in a parking deck in my life. He said in my truck and the power of God hit him. And he couldn't move. He couldn't move to put the truck in gear. And that's right the time we turned the key on. There was that worship leader. Bow down before our God. Worship Him. I told Jeffrey, I said, first of all, this is a brand new truck. I only made one payment. You ain't driving it in this condition. I'll drive the truck. I got in the driver's seat and the power of God come all over me. And I had to move to the middle of the truck. When we got back to the hotel room, my shirt was soaking wet. The seat was wet in front of me. And the floorboard was wet where we had wept under the power of God. We got out at the hotel and I was laying in the grass median at the hotel. And these people, I'll never forget, these people come by the minivan with their kids. And they were looking and they thought, my God, man, these people on drugs or drunk or something. You know what I'm saying? They immediately went to the other side of the parking lot. But we wound up having to get in the elevator. And the man was tore up. We told him, we said, we had been to Pastor Parsons camp meeting. He said, my God. He said, I, I, he said, I've been to camp meeting every year in Ohio and the power of God hit them. So what I'm saying is this. That's been my whole entire Christian life. I don't know anything any different. That's why I preach with such passion. And sometimes, you know, I even looked at me on the video. I look like I'm angry. I'm not angry. I'm just saying we've got to go, church. Come on, somebody. We cannot. We've got to stay with the cloud by day and the fire by night. Come on, somebody. This was a, when, when the cloven tongues like as a fire's come in that room, it was, it was the ultimate destination of the pillar of fire that flo- followed them in Israel. And what it was a prophetic sign is, listen, the cloudy and the fire by night is not going to follow you anymore. It's fixing to be on the inside of you to navigate your life through this journey. Now, in Hebrews chapter 11, I want to read this verse of Scripture.
Look at verse 23. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's command. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer the affliction with the people of God than enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. I have been hanging out on this verse. I believe God wants to allow people to see what others don't see. Come on, y'all. I have always been one that wanted to see what others didn't see. There's been something different on me. I'm, I've always been the crazy one. Catherine would even say this. I'm not calling out. She gets home to me sometimes because Catherine says. But we would go to the family reunions and stuff. She would just say, hey, John, just, just don't talk about it. Just, 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 don't, just don't bring all that up, man, because you know they don't believe the way you believe. I've always been one of that crazy person. But let me tell you this. I refuse to settle. Come on, somebody. Just because you don't want to grow in God, don't never hold me back from trying to learn don't never try to hold me back from wading out in deep water if you want to be a 40 year old believer with swimmies on your arms hanging out in the shallow end that is fine baby come on somebody but I've always longed for the big water the deep water to get out come on somebody above ankle deep above waist deep to get in some and swim come on somebody I'm looking for some swimmers up in this room this morning knowing that deep's calling out under you you called to be different you've never called to be fitting in that's why you're at a place like this God has never called this church to be some fit in church and if and if, and if it offends you cause they talk about you maybe you're not called to be here but it doesn't bother me <laughs> my sister man I'm gonna get my sister told me this one time. She said, I'm going to tell you now. She said, I was Baptist before I got saved. How you be Baptist before you get saved? So my sister would always be scared to come to church. She said, if I go to church, you're going to call me out. I don't call people. Hey, listen, if, if, I, if I call you out, God's got something for you. You hear me? So we we doing a children's crusade one night. I mean, there's nothing can happen in a children's crusade. Come on now. I mean, we got puppets. I mean, it's a children's crusade. About 15 minutes before we're closing, the power of God comes on me like I'm talking about like hot grease. I mean, I feel the power of God come all over me. And I'm thinking, oh, Lord, my sister's in here. My family's in here. You know what I'm saying? Lord, just help us right here. And I'm just waiting. And I mean, in the midst of a children's crusade, the power of God hits that building. 
My sister sitting by my cousin who was who was who is a G or was a Jesus freak back then. Come on. She lets out a war cry like you ain't never heard. I'm talking about to stand your hair up. You know what I'm saying? My sister has a heart attack in the room, you know what I'm saying? And she leaves, she didn't come back for the rest of the group, uh, the thing. But here's the deal. Why did God come on me like that? The guy that was traveling with the, with, the, with the children's guy, whatever, had needed double knee replacements. Can I tell you this? He was also a diabetic having to take insulin. God completely healed both knees that night, and he got off of insulin. Come on, somebody. God just ain't out there. To, he's not in here just to make us herk and jerk. He's got power. Come on, somebody. Wonder-working power. The guy sent us, the guy sent an email where God replaced both knees standing on that stage at a children's group and healed him of diabetes. Mad am I telling them the truth? So I knew that from the get-go that I wasn't, I didn't fit the mold for the khakis and the polo just to stand up and just give a few points. Been different. But Moses knew deep in his heart there was a call on his life and he was different from the rest of them. It didn't matter what kind of, it didn't matter how they wanted to dress him, how they wanted to call him Pharaoh's kid. He knew deep down within him he wasn't Pharaoh's kid and he was never born. He was never born to adapt to Egypt. He was an Israelite on the inside and he was called to get his people up out of that condition called Egypt, out of that bondage, out of that slavery and take them to a land that God had destined that was flowing with milk and honey. Come on, somebody. I believe that's what kind of preacher you are. You're not called to sit here and conform to religion, but you called to get a generation out of bondage. Let me tell you this. A man with experience is never held captive by a man with only an argument. A man with an encounter is never held captive by a man with just an argument. And Leonard Ravenhill said, if you bowed your knee unto God, you'll never have to bow your knee unto a man. Come on, somebody. So I know that there's something different. So he begins to awaken. And one day he's out and he sees an Egyptian beating up on an Israelite. And all of a sudden, what God placed in him starts coming alive. He's like, man, my whole life I've been told that these are my people. But hey, something tells me different. This ain't my people. My tribe has always been the crazy ones. Come on, y'all. I'm not talking about being crazy for crazy's sake. You know what I'm saying? But I'll never forget... Dale Young showed up in my Methodist church. I was amazed at how skilled he was in the Bible. Friend, all you got to do is read the Bible. You'll get thrown out of most churches just using the Bible. You'll get thrown out of most churches just using the Bible. But what I loved about him is he didn't refer to him as the good book or the man upstairs. Come on. He preached as one like he knew him personally. Come on, somebody. The Pharisees looked at the the whole crowd of the Pharisees, but when they heard Jesus preach, they said, my God, there's something about his word. This man teaches as one having authority and power. He's not sitting here regurgitating something he read off the internet. Come on, somebody. Or off the Elijah list. He's preaching like somebody that's had an encounter who's met the man personally. So, I 
I just know this, that I've offended even when I got here on a Wednesday night service. There were people laid out all over the front. And I said this word that I probably just got in some reading or something. I said that God called me as a revivalist. And I remember it offended a person. They called headquarters on me. Do you know that the Assemblies of God received a phone call every Monday morning on Bill Johnson saying he was preaching heresy? Every Monday, they called and said he's preaching straight heresy. A thousand people left that church. When he began to point it in the direction of the power of the Holy Spirit, 1,000 people left. With cancer falling off people, they left. But this is what Pastor Bill said. I will never trade the presence for people, but I will always trade people for the presence of God. Come on, somebody. I'm just trying to tell this church, it may sound old, it may sound like an old Pentecostal, but the fire of God is really what we need in the church in America. The old-fashioned Holy Ghost of God. So, I'm almost done. I'm learning how to preach in 30 minutes. Listen to this, so I'm going to read you this other scripture. Y'all right? Several of y'all done got tired. Y'all ain't pulled the plow in a while. Y'all tired. Got to build our strength back up. I'm going to read Genesis chapter 12. Now the Lord has said to Abram, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you. And I will curse him who curses you. And in, and in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. The pathway to more of God. You've got to leave familiar surroundings. Sometimes you've got to get out of what you was always raised in. Y'all right? Now how many knows this, that Abraham wasn't the first man looking for Canaan? His father was. His father started the trek. But his father never got there. Because he got to this place, his father was named, was named Terah. But he got to this place, a problem is a mispronounce, okay? Our English books wasn't that thick where I come from, okay? I'm not a Greek and Hebrew lexicon guy. <laughs> but it's T-E-R-A-H. That's not Terra, is it? Terra's. Hi, here's the deal. It was Tara. Everybody say it was Tara. Look at her. My God, it was Tara. Nah, cut that. (laughs) But his father started the journey. But he got to this place called Haran. And the scripture says in Genesis 11 at the closing of the chapter, it says that he... His father, Terah, dwelt in Haran. Then it says, he died in Haran. So you know what that tells me? That he got to a place that he thought, this place is good enough. Which is where the church is in America. If we got enough numbers and we got enough money, we're good. 
we'll come up with theology to explain why we why, why we burying people with cancer. We'll come up with theology why the church is divided. We'll come up with theology to explain the race and the division issue in the church. Come on now. We'll come up with a reason why we got to counsel people eight hours a day to overcome depression instead of lay hands and break it. Come on. He dwells in this place. So when God comes back, he says, listen here, I want you to get away from your father's house. Get away from what limited you. Come on, somebody. Some of us has been limited by our own natural upbringing because your father never broke through into prosperity. You believe that you can't never be free from it. Come on, somebody. How many knows that God ain't here to give you poverty? He's here to bless you. I'll say it again. How many knows God is not here to give you poverty, but he's here to bless you? The church in the south is ate up with a poverty mindset. Come on, somebody. God owns a cattle of a thousand hills, and we need to begin to see him as Jehovah Jireh, the God of our provider. So how, how do you, you have to have people around you that prod you. And I'm so thankful that ever since Catherine and I began, we've had people to challenge us to call out for the more of God. We've had prophetic people around us to point and guide and say, there's more, there's more. Now I close with this. There's a story in Matthew chapter 15 of a Canaanite woman who approaches Jesus. And her daughter's vexed with the devil. Jesus is with his disciples. I love that text because the disciples thought they were crying out for her. They thought that she was crying out for them, but she was crying out for Jesus. Come on, somebody. He looks at her. He, he, he hears her request, but he answers her not a word. Finally, when he does speak, he tells her, it is not, it is not right that we should take the children's bread and cast it to the dogs. Does it, am I in the word? But she said, yea, Lord. Yea, Lord, even the dogs do eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. The passion renders that, yea, Lord. Even the puppies do eat the, eat the crumbs that fall from the prince's table. That's when I said that in my opening prayer. I would rather live off the crumbs of the kingdom than ever set with the loaves of religion. Come on, church. I just feel like what God is saying to us is there's so much to be done in this region, but we cannot settle. We cannot settle for where we've been, and we cannot settle for where we're at this morning. Come on, somebody. If a worship service goes an hour, it goes an hour. Come on, somebody. If it goes for two hours, it goes for two hours. If we don't preach, we don't preach. But we're not held in the restrictions of a bulletin. Come on, somebody. We got one task in this house, and it is to find the presence of God and entertain the presence of God and get in the presence of God and get changed by the presence of God. I got one task for my kids get them an encounter with Jesus if they don't have an encounter with Jesus they'll never have the backbone to stand against the spirits of this age 
Come on, somebody. But it was Daniel who had an encounter with Yahweh that looked at the king, that looked at the king's men and said, listen here, I know all of them need the wine. I know all of them need the food. But if you will, let us abstain from that and see if our lives be better. Come on, somebody. I'm telling you, there is a generation that is not going to compromise this thing. But they will sustain. Come on, somebody. Abstain from the king's wine and the spirit of this world, and they will fare better. So my children can ride my coattail as long as they want. But they must move into their own encounter. It's not enough to watch daddy sweat and look like a wild beast. They've got to encounter their own path. They've got to encounter the Lord. But it is my job as a father to set up the encounter. I was listening to Pastor Bill the other day and he preached a message on April 26th and this is what he talked about. He talked about the monarch butterfly. How many heard him preach on the monarch butterfly? The monarch, the monarch butterfly migrates over 3,000 miles and it takes them four to five generations to make the journey. But as they begin and as they start flying, they begin to lay that larva and each a rising generation awakens knowing I've got to carry it further. Friend, I'm telling you what I believe for. I don't know if I'll ever see it with my natural eyes. But I'm going to give my life plowing and blazing a trail so that a generation can come on this thing of Isaiah 35 called the highway of holiness that the Bible said not even a devil a tread on it. Come on somebody and it'll be so wide and so amazing it says that a fool and a drunkard can find his path on that. I'm telling you what's going to happen in the days of in the days ahead as the church catches a flame and it and it finds the heart of the Lord and the spirit and the bride start saying come Naomi's going to hear Naomi's are the prodigals they're going to hear that the bread of God is back into the house and they're going to bring Ruth Ruth are the ones that have never known Yahweh come on somebody they ain't been raised around a church they don't know nothing but these Ruths are going to come in come on somebody and Boaz is going to take notice of these Ruths you can do something with somebody to come straight out of the crack house versus someone who's got 10 years of religion in them. Because they just believe. They just believe. Todd Wise said, the only thing I knew is I was a heroin addict. But I found, I knew that the Lord loved me. And I fell in love with him. And look at his life today. So I close it with this. I don't know what this means when we pray it into it. A few weeks ago, I got by the table in my office, and I was in this vein of praying, like violently praying. I'm a pacer. This is what I do in my own time with the Lord. I just pace. I'm not one of those that lay down. If I lay down, I go to sleep. My early 20s, I would get ready to preach, and I'd tell Catherine because back then I had to pray five hours. Pray to get the, the word of the Lord. The word. And I'd be back there praying, and I'd fall asleep within 20 minutes because I was laying in the floor on a pillow. What you expect to do? You go lay on the floor on a pillow, you ain't headed to pray, you're going to sleep. 
And but I'll, I'll wake up, though, I'm telling you. I'll wake up if somebody walks on a blade of grass outside, you know. So I, I woke up because I heard Catherine coming. If she opened the door, I'd be in there in tongues, you know what I'm saying? She'd be like, my God, he's prayed for four hours. I've been asleep three hours, you know what I'm saying? Prayed an hour. But I was praying. And I was just like, God, not, not on the national scale. Not on the national scale, not in the Bible. But I just started asking, where's the God of Gary Brooks? Where's the, where's the prophetic? Where's the God who would go visit Pastor Dale in the night season from the waist down and say, Arise and study there and finish your and give from this little town a national word about an economic crisis. Where's that God? So that night I go home and have a dream. And in my dream I was handed a brand new bow. It was a split limb bow. And it, I knew it was bad to the bone. I don't know a lot about bow hunting, but I used to, in about 2005, 2000, Catherine, remember this, 2000, really 2003, 4, 5, 6, 7, I believe it was unethical to kill a deer with a gun. That's all I did was kill him with a bow. Now, and now that I'm wiser, it is very ethical to kill him with a gun. I don't care if you got a tank in the woods, they always got the advantage on you. Don't fall for that Peter stuff. Come on, somebody. A deer got 25 senses. You ain't never got the upper hand on them. But in my dream, I was handed a new bow. But I looked at the name of this company. Hoyt, Matthews, Bowtech, all of those are large. Matthews being the largest bow manufacturer in the world. And but this bow had had not a had not a well-known name. But I knew that it was nice. And if you are a bow hunter, you know this. The average nice bow that you buy Matthews, or if you buy a Bowtech's premier bow, or if you buy Elite or whatever you buy, the naked bow is about a thousand dollars, nine ninety nine. That's what's on all of them. Then you start bolting on the goodies, and then the next year you go bring it and trade it in, and they want to give you seven hundred dollars with all the goodies. <laughs> so bow hunts got to be fun to you, okay? I knew that this bow had cost me a thousand dollars. I knew it was just as expensive as the well known companies, but this bow was not well known. And instead of having a quiver, it had a bag. And it was a nice leather bag. I'm talking about an unbelievable nice leather bag. But it didn't, it looked like a backpack that was mounted on the side of the bow, but it didn't have straps on the front. And as I looked at this bag, I opened it up and there was a hat in it. And it was really not like a hunting hat, but it was kind of like a hunting hat. The only way I described it, it was an old school hat. And it had, it had like plaid, uh, like plaid, wool or felt on the inside to keep your head warm and it had flaps to come down over the ears and then when I put the hat back in the bag I looked and the bag had the bag had the state of Georgia on that bag there was three cities that had asterisks beside them with the American flag pointing to them and I, wo- I heard these words write this down and I woke up and like you I wish that God would just speak why don't you just speak Southern slang, and I'll understand you. But it's the glory of God to conceal a matter. It's the honor of kings to search a matter. 
I don't understand what all that means. We've prayed into it and I got some people helping me. But I do know this. When God handed me that bow, he was talking about the call of God on my life. And he said, son, listen, this is where your call is. And I believe my call is to raise up a group of people, an unknown company. It doesn't mean that we won't be known, but it'll mean the heart posture and nothing in us cares about being known. Come on, church. I wish you had ears to hear this morning. Come on now. We cannot be lethargic. I'm not beating us up. You know what I'm saying? I'm tired as anybody. I fished for two or three days and drove home last night and stayed up to midnight. You know what I'm saying? Hallelujah. And so I'm wild. But here's the deal. We got a call that's bigger than this house. It's bigger than Sparks. About four people, that's all right. Jesus, Jesus had only three that he could trust to the level to take in Jairus' house and take three up on the Mount of Trans. It's bigger than this house. Come on, somebody. God's never stopped with the call of God on this house. And he won't, if I leave, if Cleve becomes the pastor, Steve becomes the pastor. Come on, somebody. How many knows if Steve gets here, you better strap your seatbelts on now. You with me? And we're going to need them earmuffs. <laughs> Listen here. But the call of God on this house... We got an assignment. I said we do. This ain't about watching John do it. It ain't about watching Stanton do it. It's about all of us in here rowing this thing in this region to the place that God wants to do it. Come on, somebody. Every person's got to have an oar in their hand rowing the boat. Come on, somebody. And when we, when, when the other one gets, we got to learn how to become a true body. Then we learn how to celebrate when the one celebrates and we learn how to weep when one weeps. But we each got a task. Come on, somebody. And you keep the person in front of you marching and you keep them encouraged. Come on, somebody. And when you're down, the person behind you is going to keep you encouraged keep you lifted to keep us rowing but what I'm after is a reformation like the south has never seen I say I'm going to say it one more time what I'm after is not about building Cornerstone as some great church in Sparks, Georgia what I'm after is a reformation in south in the, in the, in the area of the south I said, what I'm after is about reforming the South. And I know the reforming starts with me, it starts with you, and it goes outside the walls of this church. Let me tell you, the greatest thing of, of the church not meeting is it forced us to get outside the walls of the church. We were reaching far more people on that broadcast than what we were reaching sitting under the sound of our ears. Come on, somebody. Do you know that there's people stationed in cities right now that is on that map in the state of Georgia that is listening to me preach right now? They're just too far to drive. But it doesn't mean they're not a part of this house. We're going to see home churches rise up like never before and then we're going to come together as a corporate body to hear what God's saying as a bigger family but I'm here to remind you again that when I came in 2006 when I was 26 27 years old I preached about the great catch of fish and the Bible says that there was one big ship but it says there was other little boats out there God wants to connect the little boats to the big ship again in the south for the reason of reformation my God, I'm preaching. This is it. This is what we're going to contend for. The unknown company. I don't care if there's a known dude that stands at my casket. 
As long as the room's filled with the people I poured my life into, I'll leave this place like a king. somebody chasing that dream of getting your name in the lights will leave you to burn out lead you to shipwreck compromise your marriage I'm, I'm, just, I'm just saying that's the way I see it but there's a safety setting at the feet of Jesus saying God anoint me on fire and learning that posture of tarrying in the presence till he comes Church, you good with that? You feel like you're called to something great? Sunday school's never going to suffice you? Man, you'd be surprised. And I mean, Pastor Dale said this. You know, somebody called and said, what kind of church are you? Do you a brick church? Or are you, are you in a steel building? Because we're looking for a brick church. I don't care if it's brick Come on, somebody. Or if it's a hay barn. I just care about the fire and the presence up in that place. David didn't have nothing to look at. Come on, somebody. But he had the ark of God. He didn't have nothing but a tent stretched out across that thing. Come on, somebody. Half the folk was out there getting sunbaked. Come on, somebody. But he had the presence of God. Stand up. Let's pray. Listen here, nobody don't crowd up the drive throughs Now show honor and let me get in the drive thru I'm like, <laughs> stretch your hands. You know, Chris got up this morning, drove his family an hour and a half with four children to this house because he believes in what I'm talking about. Church, I'm telling you, it's real. I said it's real. I've had people say, John, you're chasing smoke. Man, you're just going, you're just going to burn out. Won't you just, won't you just quit with it? Well, maybe you didn't, maybe you didn't get what I got. Or maybe you've never had the encounter. But if you ever had the encounter, you long for just one more. How many members Jesse Duplantis had the encounter with the Lord where his face shined and he come into the church and he come into the church and the church fell out? How many ever remember that? If you ever see a clip of that, that happened, I think, in the 80s. In the 80s. But Jesse has spent thousands and thousands of dollars going back, renting that hotel, renting the whole floor, desperate for that one more touch. 
Friend, if you've ever encountered God, I'm telling you, you will never be satisfied sitting, listen to an icicle regurgitate information to you. I'm not against knowledge. You should be skillful. You will never hear me. I am a reader and an ardent student. But I'm here to tell you what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 12, 1, that knowledge will puff you up. Knowledge that doesn't lead you into an encounter will only leave you more religious. So, Father, I pray. I pray this morning over each and every individual, including myself, that you would help us. You would help us to never be satisfied with our current status. I will celebrate the journey. I will not despise the journey, and I won't feel like I'm in a hurry to get to some destination. It's just a heart posture, my heart being turned for the more of you wanting to encounter you at a greater level. Father, I've seen you do miracle after miracle in my life. Father, I've seen you provide where I thought, my God, my family's going to starve. And you supernaturally unlocked the windows of heaven. God, I could write a book on your faithfulness. But Father, it's all been fuel. It's all been fuel to chase you. David says, my soul follow hard after thee, O God. He said, my flesh longs. There is a place, church, where your flesh can begin to cry out for the more of God, where your flesh will ache for the presence of God. So, God, I pray this morning you would help us. We would not leave this place that what we picked up from the journey of, of this isolation, but God, we would learn how to we would learn how to model it in the days ahead. We would not lose the times with our family. How many could honestly say this? I don't know about you, but my marriage is way, 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 way better today than where it was at the beginning of March. I don't know what's gonna move y'all people today. I don't know. Y'all, y'all done sang to him. I shall not be, I shall not be moved. You with me? I think there's some things that we can't leave, we can't lose. Other words, what I'm saying is, is you can't, I can't sit there and feel like here's what I've lived in the past that I've gathered throughout this I felt like it was up to me to pull the plow. It's not up to me to pull the plow. It's just up to me to declare where we're going. Come on, somebody. I can't tote everybody up this hill. I can't tote everybody up this hill. So God's got to to reform leaders. Come on, somebody, and he is doing that. There is leaders up in this house. Come on, somebody. And there's leaders that have pulled this thing for 20 years. Come on, somebody. We're going to track this thing together. Come on, somebody. You are not dependent on me to make the journey. We are going to make the journey. I said we are going to make the journey. So, Father, I pray this morning you would pour out a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit upon our lives. I pray this morning, God, that you would would help us to cry out for the more of God. And, Father, I pray that, that you would do exactly. We would strike the ground in this region, Father God, of the south, of the state of Georgia. God, let us let us pull the bow back and let the era be released, God. Let it be released into this region. And we thank you for what you're doing, God. We give you praise, honor, and glory in the mighty name of Jesus. Give God a great God bless you here.
Listen, don't forget to tune in Wednesday night. Don't forget to tune in Wednesday night. We'll be preaching live. We won't meet in the building. And we'll see you guys next Sunday. God bless you. We hope you enjoyed our message of the week. Thanks for joining us. Our passion at Cornerstone is our family atmosphere built on deep relationships. We want to connect with you. Please take a moment and download our app and connect with us on social media to stay updated with all things Cornerstone. We pray you have a wonderful week.